Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik, and I am co-founder of Financing Solutions. And for the last 12 years, Financing Solutions has provided easy-to-set-up business lines of credit for small businesses. And I will be your host for today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. If you are interested in learning more about the line of credit, please visit our website at fscreditline.com. Again, that's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. Over the last 25 years, I have built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range including two companies that have made the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in the United States. I've always loved learning from people with business experience. And today I'm very excited to be speaking with Chris Moscovitis from Technology Management Group. And before we get into Chris, uh, who of course his organization sponsors or his company sponsors today's podcast, and they've been doing that for quite some time now, uh, but his company uh, really uh, works closely with uh, cybersecurity issues. And, you know, anybody who's had a cybersecurity issue know how it can really be a major issue for a company. And if you haven't had a cybersecurity issue, consider yourself lucky and you probably should have a plan anyway. I know a number of years ago, we got hit with a cybersecurity issue and we were just so lucky that we had a backup system in place. And then after that, we really started to put together a cybersecurity plan. Um, so if you have a question, if you're looking for software, if, you, if you're looking for some consulting services, a variety of different issues, uh, Technology Management Group or TMG has been doing it for over 30 years and that's, that's a long time in this space. So if you're interested, please take a look at their website. It's cyberctrl.net. Again, cyberctrl.net. And again, I'd like to uh, just welcome Chris. Chris is the chairman and CEO of the Technology Management Group, which he founded in 1989. And for over three decades, TMG has provided independent strategic consulting, information technology, in cybersecurity management services. Chris, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Stephen, it's very nice to be here. Thank you for having me. You know, it's unusual for me to do a podcast where I don't know a ton about the subject matter. And so I, I, I love it when we do pick topics that are outside of my um, knowledge level. And, you know, today we're going to be talking about turning cybersecurity from a cost to a profit center. And so I'm going to be really curious, uh, Chris, what you have to say in regards to this, because, of course, we all want profit over cost. So when we, when we talk about the topic of turning cybersecurity from cost to a profit center, what, what does that really mean? Well, I, I think, first of all, uh, you, you, bring, you brought something up that's really important that, uh, you know, cybersecurity and for that matter, information technology is not a conversation, it's not a language that many people are facile with. And the problem with that is that the technology people actually 
propagate this. In other words, the, the tech speak and, and the convoluted tech terms and all of this fear mongering about the technology and this and cybersecurity that continues to propagate a gap between business and technologists. And those two people don't seem to be able to communicate very well. So as a result, business people turn around and look at the technology as a cost center. There's these guys in this room with blinking lights and they keep asking for money for servers and God knows what. And all I know is I have to keep paying them to do it. And now they're coming to me and saying, well, you have to keep paying even more money to protect the stuff. So I, I think that understanding the importance of information technology in today's business and understanding the role of cybersecurity in today's business is the first step in transforming the conversation of, oh, gee whiz, we have IT and we have cybersecurity, are they are the necessary evils of the day, changing the conversation from that to, hey, we have a competitive advantage. We have technologies that can propel us forward, things we can do faster that we couldn't do before, data that we can correlate and analyze and think about things in ways we haven't thought about before. So we have an enabler called IT, and this enabler creates all this value. Well, how can I create even more value from that? And moreover, this value that I'm creating, how am I going to protect it? And that's where the cybersecurity conversation comes from. So where where um so where do you see I I would never have thought of cybersecurity as being a strategic advantage uh unless all my competitors get hit with a virus and I don't. Um so where is there a strategic advantage in cybersecurity for a a company? Right. I I think you went straight to the breach. You went straight to what people fear the most. And it's like, I will be breached and my competitor won't be breached and therefore I have a problem. But there is a lot more to cybersecurity than just a breach. There is a lot more to cybersecurity than just a, a, a hacking. So, for example, one of the things that can happen for your firm if you are breached and you have customer data that's exfiltrated and then put out in, mm. the, black web, in the dark web, what will happen is your reputation is shot. Nobody will want to do business with you because their data is just not safe. And there is very little that you can say to somebody once their data has been exfiltrated. These things that you see all the time, OG Wiz, let's get them uh, a free credit report for a year or monitoring for two years or all that kind of stuff. This, this is nice but it's not helping the violation of trust. I am doing business with you. I am entrusting my data and my business to you. You're my partner. You know things about me that are mission critical. You're trying to tell me you didn't take good care of these things and these things are now exposed. And what? You want me to continue to do business with you? Really? So from that point alone, having a good cybersecurity program, the right cybersecurity program for your firm is critical. That is the thing that not only will enable new business, because you can go out and say, listen, here's my cybersecurity program. You are welcome to come and look at it. See my walls, see my castle, see my fort. I want you to feel safe and secure within my environment. So when you do business with me, you know your stuff is safe and I will take care of it. And moreover, when you do something like that, when you have a good cybersecurity program in place, you are demonstrating to the world that you are taking cybersecurity and governance and business very seriously. You're not a cowboy. 
You're not the kind of person that's going around and saying, ah, it's never going to happen to me. I'm just a small business. Who cares about me? I, I, are you naive? Really? <laughs> do, you, do you really think that just because you're a small business and you're not going to be attacked? As a matter of fact, because you're a small business, because you're a mid-sized business, you are the most attractive target anywhere. Because, remember Target. Do you remember Target? There was a massive breach a few years ago. Massive breach. Yep. It, it cost Target millions and millions of dollars, and they're still recovering from it. Well, how did it happen? It didn't happen as a direct attack to Target. It happened by attacking a small air conditioning subcontractor of Target. They compromised the small business that was responsible for fixing the AC. And by compromising them, they were able to access Target files and from accessing Target files, the rest is history. So that is a clear, clear competitive advantage. Being able to say to, to the people that you do business with, to your clients, to your prospects, and even to your own employees, hey, we're safe here. We take this really seriously. And this is something that will enable our business to go on in the, into the future versus somebody who is ignoring this and nobody will want to touch them. What, what industries in particular um and let's talk about smaller to mid-sized businesses. Um, do you think are are um, very very concerned with customer data, financial? I would imagine, right? Might be one. What what are there certain industries that are very very on top of cybersecurity? Yeah, there 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 are uh, infrastructure critical businesses that by law are required to have a much stronger cybersecurity posture than uh, you and me would have, for example, right? Those yeah. kinds of businesses are businesses that run the electrical grid. They're businesses that run the transportation grid, the air traffic control, uh, water purification, sewer purification, all, all of these kinds of things um, are potential issues, right? And those have very strict regulations that, and that, that require them to have a certain footprint and to have certain things in place. But the fact of the matter is this, if you're generating something of value to you and to your clients, rest assured that this is of value to somebody else. Therefore, that requires protection, period, end of story. If you're telling me that nobody's going to hack me ever because I, I don't have anything that they want, really, then why are you in business? Are you creating value to somebody or not? And if you're creating value to somebody, it's worth stealing. It's worth compromising. It's worth extorting you over. So, well, nobody's going to get to me. You know, I have, you know, we're too small and all that. You are wrong. The degree of exfiltration of data records right now is astronomical. There are literally trillions of records with personal information available to hackers. Why haven't you been hacked? It's a long list. We're getting to it. Yeah, in fact, you might be hacked and you don't even know it, of course. That's right. So, um, you know, I can, well, the thing that's running through my mind right now is, so there's, there are certain industries, like you mentioned, right, that were, where your, your client is going to ask you about your cybersecurity protocols and they're going to really investigate it, right? Um because it's part of their um, request for proposal, uh, you know, the, the, you know, it's it's all part of. But I think there could be an opportunity to if 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 you aren't 
being asked by cybersecurity. And you, you're in an industry where the client, your client doesn't know a lot or your prospect doesn't know a lot about cybersecurity issues, that it's a way for you to, 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 to differentiate yourself from your competitors before your competitors start addressing cybersecurity. Um, and the, the only thing is that you need to really educate your cut, your, the prospect, because I'm sure once you say, um, oh, my cybersecurity, you know, I just want to let you know how we treat our cybersecurity is super serious. You know, we do this, 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 and this, right. that you need to educate your, the prospect because the, that prospect is probably going to go back to your competitors and say, oh, by the way, tell me about your cybersecurity. Exactly. And then that, and then that competitor could easily, um, um, I'll use the word bullshit your client Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and thinking that their cybersecurity is just as good as yours. But you know, you, you can, I think you can create doubt that, Hey, like, cause we all know a prospect could potentially go to a client, listen to the client's cybersecurity protocols and sit there and say, you know what? I got a bad feeling about this competitor, Mm -hmm. this guy. And, um, and, uh, you know, I, I like what the other company said. And it also gives you, in my opinion, if, if, if somebody is on top of cybersecurity and tells me about it, it gives me insight as to the level of detail that they run their operations in general. Exactly. Exactly. You, you just nailed it. You, you, essentially, they are showing you that they are mature. Essentially, yeah. they are showing you that they have the right governance in place. And, and, and governance is a word that's getting a lot of buzz these days, um, especially with the advancements of, of GRC systems and the like. But the fact of the matter is, um, I, I'm sure that you and your audience has heard of NIST. Um, NIST, which is the National Institute of Science and Technology, has um, several frameworks that, that help people uh, use and implement cybersecurity correctly, implement privacy correctly, and so on and so forth, and so on and so forth. There is a very famous NIST CSF that all of us in the cybersecurity profession has been using, and there is a new version that's coming out. And in the new version, which is builds on the huge success of previous NIST, has governance at the center of it. And it is the first time that we have something like this coming out of a framework where governance becomes a focusing point. This is going to really elevate the conversation about value creation and value preservation across all companies. Because you're right, the smaller and the mid-sized companies don't necessarily have the language or the understanding of how to go about all of this. And it does require a certain level of maturity. Right now, this level of maturity looks like is going to sort of kind of be imposed on us through these different frameworks that say, hey, you got to think about this. You got to think about how you run your company. You got to think about how you preserve your value. You got to think about how you preserve your customers, that this is going to be a conversation now across all size businesses. And that's where the competitive advantage comes in if you have your ducks in a row, if you know that you have a good, solid, pragmatic cybersecurity and privacy program, you're good to go. If you don't, you're going to be in trouble. You are not going to be able to answer these questions and you are going to lose business. And that's a definite no-no. 
But what is the number one call that you get at, at TMG, uh, Technology Management Group, from people who are calling you for help? What are they usually asking? Uh, the, the new people that are calling us, calling us unfortunately frequently call with an incident. They discovered yeah. an incident and, and they now realize that the IT firm that they have or the IT person that's in the company or God knows what really don't know what they're talking about, which is the other thing. Unfortunately, there is everybody and their brother now is trying to hang a shingle out there and say, oh, we also do cybersecurity. Really? What's your certifications? What's your experience? Be very careful when people are selling cybersecurity solutions to you. Be very careful. It is the wild, wild west. The prices are insane. The product claims are even crazier. Be very, very careful. We emphasize, make sure that you cross your T's and dot your I's and get pragmatic solutions, things that work based on what kind of assets do you have? What's your risk? What's your industry? We will protect that and that alone. We do not need to spend $30,000 on a router just because XYZ company is selling this and it's hyping it up. Pragmatic solutions that are based on your risk profile. And everybody's risk profile is different. It is a very different thing if you are an auto manufacturer, and it's a very different thing if you're a medical company. It's a different thing if you're a financial services company, and it's a different thing if you're a real estate company. And here in New York, as you know, real estate, financial services, legal services dominate our universe in here, right? And, and you don't know how many real estate companies we know that they say, well, who's going to hack a real estate company? Yeah, but you have leases. Leases have financial and proprietary information and personal information. They are very valuable. It's not so much that I'm necessarily going to hack you because I want to like damage your company. But if you have files on 1,000 successful companies with names, numbers, social security numbers, and financial statements, and potentially bank accounts, you're a treasure trove. That's what I'm going to hack. I'm going to hack because that's the stuff that I want. I, I don't want you guys being five guys and a dog in an office. I'm going to hack you. That's not the interest. The interest is your data. That's where the money is. And that's where the disconnect is. People don't realize how valuable IT is in their company and how valuable and important it is to protect that, that value generation. So the, the, the questions that business owners need to be asking is, am I making money out of my IT? Am I spending all this money in IT and am I getting back what I'm spending? That's question number one. And question number two is, what kind of money am I spending to protect this thing, to protect all this value that I'm creating? And I want to see it black and white in numbers because I know the value of my assets. And if you're spending more money than the value of the asset, you're taking me to the cleaners. Now, when you get those calls from clients that have a uh, that that have been hacked. Um, uh-huh. What are they noticing? How do they notice that they've been hacked? Um, do they are they is their data been quarantined and they've been um, they're being held for ransom? The, the, this is the most. Like, what yeah, is the number yeah. one thing? Yeah. Or 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 did they had did they notice that data got stolen uh, and uh, or cl- you know client information got stolen? What what is the number one thing that you see? Well, the, here's the bad news. 
The bad news is that the average time that it takes for somebody to discover that they have been hacked and potentially data has been exfiltrated, the average in the United States is nine months. Somebody is in your systems for months before you even realize what's going on. So in terms of, of early detection, we have gaps. In terms of what's, when they call and what's happening to them, sure, ransomware is a very common thing where the files have all been locked up. And by the time that you get that call, things can get pretty ugly because if they don't have good backup systems, if they don't have good disaster recovery systems, if they don't have an incident response plan, you're in a world of hurt because these hackers are not stupid. They're not just going to, to encrypt the data that you have on your servers, be it on the cloud or be it on premises. They're going to encrypt your backups. That's why they can take so much time. Once they have a foothold in your systems, they can sit in your systems for months, corrupting and changing the data and putting in all the viruses. And when they pull the trigger, both your backup data and your real data is encrypted. So you need to have a plan to address things like that. The other things that we get a lot is um, insider, insider risk. So what that means is people either through ignorance or malice will do something in-house in and destroy a system, corrupt it, or even sell the data. We see that a lot. So, so the things that we will see is typically you know, ransomware. We will see insider threat issues a lot. And finally, we will, see, we will see people just being absolutely careless, not putting anything in place. And then they're getting hacked and they wonder why. They're like, okay. So let me play devil's advocate for a second here. Um, since cyber breaches, like you talked about Target, ever since Target, you know, you hear about cyber breaches all the time, you know, major companies. Um, if, you know... If I, you know, I am, but if I, you know, if I, I'm president of a company, I'm like, you know, and it's a smaller to mid-sized company, I'm like, you know, it's happening everywhere. It's happening everywhere. I'm just throwing money down a a, a, a hole um, because it's, you know, I can't, I just can't, you know, they're going to get in anyway. Um, what would your argument be to that person? Well, uh, I, first of all, I think that that person is right. Uh, it, it is indeed highly likely that they will get in anyway. Uh, and the reason why they would get in anyway is because the attacker always has the upper hand. The attacker can stalk a company for a year. I can be looking at your company, probing it, learning about who is working there, doing social engineering against the people that are working there, scanning your systems, doing all that. I can have all the time in the world. I can be doing this for a year and you would have no idea. And then when I attack you, even if you have very sophisticated systems, because I've been stalking you for a year, I know potentially how to bypass them. Now, granted, a, a sophisticated cybersecurity program, even for a small business, would detect all these attempts and it will alert you. And this is part of what it is that we do. But if you don't have that in place, you won't be alerted. And when you're not alerted, the data is going to go. So you have to ask yourself, can you as a business survive a breach? Because you're right. It's going to happen. You, if it's going to happen, the next question is, can you survive it? If the answer to the question is no, because you're going to be having so many multi-million dollar lawsuits, it's not even going to be funny. What are you going to do about it? And if your answer is cybersecurity insurance, you have another thing coming. 
cybersecurity insurance is becoming increasingly expensive. We even have a portal to get cybersecurity insurance out of our own site in cybercontrol.net because it is so outrageously expensive. And for our clients, we have made a deal and we are able to get cybersecurity insurance cheaper than other places. But if you think cybersecurity insurance is going to fix it, it's not going to fix it. It is prescriptive, it is limited, and they are not stupid. They are not going to sit there and write an insurance policy for $10 million and then write a check for you if you haven't even followed elementary precautions. So if you think that you're going to be covered by insurance, you're not. The, the, the policies are prescriptive and restrictive. You must have a plan to make sure that your company survives and you have a plan to, to, to respond to such attacks and to preserve your own data. And it is not as hard or as expensive as many other people would have you believe. We insist on that. And, and the solutions that we put in place across all small and mid-sized businesses are surprisingly affordable. The tools are out there to do this right and to do this in a pragmatic way. How much of... Um... I mean, you guys do consulting, and then you'll um, then you also do cybersecurity management services. Um, and correct that those are the two main areas that you work in. Correct? Yeah, we work in managed IT services and managed cybersecurity services. Right. Uh, so managed IT. So, so how much of really good cybersecurity is actually somebody? A physically, or not physically, well, yeah, physically monitoring the network of your clients. Like you, you're hired, you're brought on, they, you know, you put together a, a plan. Mm -hmm. And I, I would think having a, a human constantly from your organization, an employee of yours, mm -hmm. you know, constantly working and looking at someone's uh, network looking for abnormalities is probably the the most important way to stop cybersecurity. Is that fair? Yes, that, that, that is very fair. And actually, that's exactly what happens in our business. So we have yeah. a security operations center in Denver, which is manned 24-7, 365. And when we go to a client, one of the things that we put out is something called a CM, which is a security information and event management system. And think of it as telemetry. We put this system in place at the client side and all the tra traffic on the data, blah, 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 all of that kind of stuff is being monitored. All of that information is correlated with threat feeds that are coming from worldwide sources. And then all of that is going to the security operations center in Denver. There, there is artificial intelligence algorithms that look at the data to see if they can detect any further abnormalities. And then humans are being alerted. They look at the data. They make decisions based on the threat level and the alert. And then they notify us and we notify the client and we take the necessary steps. You are absolutely right in saying that everything is about telemetry. Everything is about monitoring the systems really, really closely. And it is critically important that there's humans behind looking at that because machines will fail. Yeah, yeah. so it's a good thing you brought up AI. I uh, was going to ask you that as my next question, but not so much what does AI do for, uh, you know, TMG, uh, uh, your organization to help stop uh, cyber threats, but how are... Um, how are uh, uh, hackers using uh, uh, AI technology to increase their effectiveness of hacking? Right. 
Um, again, an excellent question, Stephen. And the fact of the matter is we are literally riding a transformative wave right now right now the the gelms the general ai language models that everybody's talking about the bards and the chat gpts and all that they are really as transformative as the internet was it will change the world forever and part of the world that will change is going to be the cybersecurity and it world so on the hacker side they're using artificial intelligence to scan systems. They're using artificial intelligence to write malicious code. They are using artificial intelligence to edit and write phishing emails. So they're using their tool to its maximum of its capacity. And some of these tools now are being locked down by the legitimate manufacturers to make sure that they're not being used for nefarious purposes. Well, guess what? These tools have already been duplicated and enhanced in the dark web to be even more sophisticated for dark tasks. So there are there are dark versions, versions of tools that we use every day. And they're being used by hackers to write emails, to write code, to scan systems, to even, even straight up provide different avenues of exfiltration. So on the bad side, all of these things are happening and that's that's really terrifying. On the good side, it is also helping in shoring up defenses, identifying potential holes, and also alerting people even faster because it's able to detect patterns faster than we used to be able to detect it. So we at TMG use AI quite a bit uh, in our systems. We, we have systems that, that use AI to detect things. We have systems that uh, look for anomalies. We have systems that help with documentation. It's, uh, and also systems that help with asset valuation, which is one of the things that we do when we come into a company in order for us to determine what's the appropriate protection, we have to, of course, do an asset valuation. What are we protecting, right? You start there. You start with, what am I protecting? Then your, the next question is, what's the threat against it? And then you buy controls to protect against that. It's amazing. I know we just got hit with something that we think was AI generated and mm -hmm. a cybersecurity issue. Uh, it wasn't, uh, and it was surprising. And I have to, I'm a little bit behind with learning about chat G GPT. I mean, I had started fooling around with it personally um, just to kind of, to see if it could actually do a couple things for me, not cybersecurity, but, um, and I still have to get back to it. You know, it's like anything yet you, you, you got to use it. Because if you wait too if you wait too long to start using this stuff, you get really behind the eight ball. Exactly. Um, so it's just more on a personal level than anything else. But, so but uh, well, you just brought up a really important thing on ChatGPT and Bard, and people are going to use it just like you are, and but people in companies are going to use it. Okay, so ChatGPT and Bard are a significant potential threat to your organization. First of all, think of, think about this. Let's say that you're a small law firm. And by the way, this happened. There, there, there was a moron that actually did do this. So there was a guy that was working in a small law firm, and he asked ChatGPT to write a brief for him. ChatGPT proceeded yes, to write a brief over this. He wrote the, wrote the brief, and it was filed in court, and it had false sources, and this guy's in trouble. Consider the effect of something like that to your business. And if you don't have policies and procedures that prohibit an employee from using sources like that and then claiming it's their own, you're in trouble. That's a cybersecurity problem. So AI is creating opportunity on both sides of the fence, but it's also creating real governance issues. 
are you going to allow the use of such a thing with your employees? Because what happens if these things go, goes to a client? The client is expecting a report and the report was written by ChatGPT. Now what? So those are really important issues and they affect cybersecurity, they affect governance, and they affect value generation by IT. We want to use these tools. These tools are powerful and we must use them to move forward. How do we do it correctly? Yeah, well, that's uh, let's leave it on that. That's a great ending. Uh, it was a great podcast. I really learned a lot. Um, yeah, I'd like to thank so very much, uh, Chris Mascovitis from Technology Management Group for coming on to today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And please also give us a review. And of course, if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, you, you can visit our website at fscreditline.com. Again, that's FSS and Financing Solutions Creditline.com. And of course, don't forget about Chris's company, um, you know, Technology Management Group, TMG. Um, if you have a, a question in regards to cybersecurity, uh, you know, if you are looking maybe uh, to hire some management services, you know, take a look at them. Again, it's uh, cyber, um, uh, secu- I'm sorry, cyberctrl.net. Um, so Chris, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Uh, I think by going to cybercontrol.net, which is one of the sites, would, would go there. You can also go to tmgr.com, Tom, Mary, George, Robert.com. That's the technology management group. And if you go to tmgr.com, there is easy ways to get in touch with me directly. Please do that. Even if you just have a question, fire off a question. We frequently are asked questions by non-clients, and we are happy to answer them. Please engage with us. We will be delighted to help you. Great, Chris. Thanks for coming on today. The pleasure is mine. You do an amazing work and you produce real value to everybody that's listening to the podcasts. We are really honored and privileged to be able to support your work and we look forward to more. Yeah, I, I, I think every single guest that I bring on, you know, that's why it's called the Entrepreneur MBA because every guest that I have like, comes on, you, you just learn so much from them. If you just listen to the podcasts. Um, you know, the podcasts are 35 minutes long and boy, you get a lot of information like we did today. And, you know, I think my takeaway today, but let's go back to the original topic. And then, and that is a for-profit center for security, um, that you can use this information to win more deals. You know, you can use your, if you have a good cybersecurity program, um, and if you don't, then I would, you know, really kind of look at Chris's company, TMG. Um, but you can really use this as a big pitch to your clients and, and differentiate yourself. And so that's the takeaway I got today um, that I would use personally. So other than that, I want to thank everybody for listening and, um, you know, just, you know, keep plugging along, keep uh, going out there trying to beat your competitors. Other than that, everybody have a fantastic day.